And our second Bible reading this evening is from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. I'm going to read from verses 1 to 11. This is the passage following on from what Lucas read and preached from this morning. This is the next section as Paul brings the letter to the Thessalonians to a close. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Let us hear the word of our God. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security... Then sudden destruction will come upon them as labour pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do. But let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. Amen. May God bless his word to us this morning. Let us pray again before we consider his word this evening. Our Father, we thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. Please speak to us now in a way that we can understand by your Spirit, bearing witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And so help us to receive these words from you, our Heavenly Father, with all love and adoration, with all submission. Help us, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. At 11am on the 11th of November in 1918, the fighting in World War I stopped and peace negotiations began. On the 11th of September in 2001, terrorists hijacked two planes and flew them into the World Trade Center towers in New York City, both of which then collapsed. These are two, and there are many others, but these are two very significant days in our history. Since those days, and other days like that, but since those days particularly, lots of things have changed. They've been such significant days that they've not just had a local impact but a worldwide impact. The end of World War I had a worldwide impact. 
You think how our airport security and just how we see the world has changed since 2001 and the 11th of September. You might hear people say, oh, do you remember when you, where you were when JFK was shot or when Elvis died or when the World Trade Centers were destroyed? They're significant days, aren't they? That, that their impact has ripple effects across the globe. But there's a day coming that will not just have a global impact and a global significant significance. It will not just be felt across the world, but will have a cosmic significance. It's the day when the Lord Jesus Christ will return. The day... Of the Lord. And as we come to this section in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul, as Paul says, doesn't he, in verse 1, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware about the day of the Lord. Astonishingly, Paul, who was in Thessalonica for such a short period of time, Acts chapter 16, chapter 17, just three weeks or so, And yet he taught them about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And yet there's a lot of confusion about what that day will be like when Christ returns. There's a lot of confusion today, isn't there? Let alone back 2,000 years ago. You see it all over, sometimes in the media, sometimes in films, the film Armageddon. It's it's kind of stereotyped with destruction, the end of the world, panic, fear, confusion. And sometimes that's how we, as Christians, can think about it. Sometimes we can forget what the Bible says about when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, about the end that that will bring. And instead we go to what our culture and our world says will be like. But what does the Bible teach about it? There's confusion in the Thessalonian church about what the day will be like. How, what does Paul teach them about it? How does he comfort and encourage them? Those who are afraid, those who fear, those who think, has the Lord Jesus Christ returned already? Have we missed it? Are we left behind? But what will it be like? How should we feel about it? Should it have any significance tomorrow morning when you get out of bed and eat your cornflakes? Should it make any difference at all? We're going to have a look at this passage. And I want you to see this evening four lessons about the day of the Lord. Four lessons about what that day will be like. The day when the king will return. Firstly, I want you to see from verses 1 to 3, the first lesson is that it will be a sudden day. It will be a sudden day. The Thessalonians have been asking about the day of the Lord. Asking about, has it already happened? When's it going to be? You can see in verse 1. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to write anything, anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So Paul must have taught them the day of the Lord is going to come suddenly. 
It will be a sudden day. Then that's not Paul's original teaching. Oh, that's a, a clever illustration. That's what Jesus said. Mark chapter 13. The Son of Man will come like a thief in the night. He will come suddenly. See, Paul has already taught them. Has already taught them about this day. But yet there's some confusion. And so he's reminding them, brothers, you don't need me to tell you about this again. You know that the day of the Lord is going to be a sudden day. Jesus will return, but he will return at a time you do not expect. You can't know the times and the seasons. I can't give you a date, the 11th of December 2056 or whatever. I can't do that because the day of the Lord will come suddenly. And he gives three illustrations, doesn't he? He gives the illustration of the thief coming in the night, the sudden invasion, and labor pains coming upon a pregnant woman. You think and a thief comes in the night. The thief doesn't ring you up the day before and say, oh, are you going to be out next week? Let me know and I'll come over and break in. He doesn't do that, does he? He, comes, he wants the element of surprise. He wants to come suddenly. He doesn't let you know first. He comes suddenly with no warning when you least expect it. What about the sudden invasion? Well, that phrase used there, you see in, uh, in quotation marks in the passage in verse 3, there is peace and security. That was one of the kind of slogans of the Roman Empire. You may have heard of the Pax Romana, the peace of Rome. Rome at this stage in its history of the empire was in a stage, a state of peace. They'd defeated most of their enemies. They were strong. They were stable. They didn't expect any invasions to come whatsoever. And what does Paul say? Well, the, the Lord will come like that when you least expect it, when you think you are comfortable and strong and secure, when you're just living your normal life, then sudden destruction will come upon you. Then suddenly the Lord will come upon you when you least expect it. Or labor pains. You know that when labor pains come upon a woman, then the, the giving birth part is inevitable, it's inescapable, it's, it's going to happen. You can't say the labor pains, I'm not talking from experience here, the, the labor pains don't come upon you and say, no, I'm not ready yet, just stop, let's give birth next week. Once they start, apparently, that's it. it, it there's no choice. That's what Paul is saying here to the Thessalonians. That's what the return of the Son of Man, of the Lord Jesus Christ, will be like. It will be sudden. It will be inescapable, unavoidable, at a time you least expect. The day of the Lord will come suddenly. Certainly, but suddenly, like a thief in the night. See, for Paul, there is no doubt that Jesus Christ will return. For he doesn't say, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord might come like a thief in the night. Or if the Lord returns, it could possibly be like this. He doesn't say that, does he? He says, the Lord will come 
like a thief in the night, like sudden destruction. The Lord will come. There is no doubt, there is complete certainty in the Bible as a whole, and what Paul is saying here, that the Lord Jesus Christ, as his first coming was certain and expected, so will his second coming and his return be. It will be a certain return, and yet... Nobody knows when. It will come suddenly. There will be no warning signs. No big countdown in the clouds. No sudden news breaking article. Son of man coming this afternoon. Nothing like that whatsoever. And no one will be able to avoid it. If I hide under my quilt, then I'll miss it. It will be a cataclysmic, universal event. You don't know when. People try and people fail to predict the Lord's coming is certain and it will be a sudden day. Secondly, the return of the Lord will not just be a sudden day, but will be an expected day. Verses 4 to 5. The day of the Lord should be for Christians an expected day. Day. What does Paul say next? But, yes, the day of the Lord is going to come suddenly, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. He's saying, Christians who I'm writing to in Thessalonica, there's something different about you. You are not in darkness, brothers, sisters, people of God, for that day to surprise you like a thief coming in the night. Because I've told you that the Lord Jesus Christ will return. And so, yes, the Lord Jesus will come suddenly at a time you don't expect, at a time you don't know and can't predict, But you would expect him to come. But you know he's coming. Because I've told you. Because God's word is clear. The Lord Jesus Christ will return. It is an an expected day. Sudden, yes, surprising in its timing. But expected all the same. And therefore, it's not something for us, if you're a Christian here today, that you need to fear or worry about, or panic about. It's a day that we shouldn't be surprised about. If the Lord Jesus Christ returned tomorrow, how would you feel? Oh, can you just wait one more day? It should be a day that we expect, expect to happen, and anticipate with joy. It's like that thief coming in daytime. You can see him coming. You're expecting him to come. You can see him walking down your garden path, climbing up your drain pipe, and going in your window. You can see him coming. Yes, he came suddenly. You didn't expect him to come on that day, but you can see him coming. See, Christians are in the light. Have the knowledge and the awareness that Jesus Christ will come back. The people who live around us, on your street, in your work, who aren't believers, who aren't Christians, think this is all nonsense. Don't believe any of this. 
And so for them it will be a sudden and a surprising and a shocking and a fearful day. But for us who know the Lord Jesus Christ, who love the Lord Jesus, who belong to him. Yes, he will come suddenly at a time we don't expect. And yet we're expecting him to come. We are children of light, children of the day. We belong to that day because we belong to the person of the day, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're followers of him, his disciples. And so for us, we long for him to return. We've been transferred from the dominion of darkness to light. Our eyes have been opened. We believe and trust that Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, is the second person of the Trinity who was born all those years before, who was raised in Nazareth, who lived and ministered in Palestine, who died a cruel and horrific death upon a cross, was buried, and after three days rose again, and then weeks later ascended into heaven, saying to his disciples, His angels said, you will see him return in the same way that he ascended. Paul has taught them about this. They know. Paul is just reminding them. And so be assured that if you are a Christian, you have no need to fear this day. You know Jesus is coming back. Your Lord, your Savior, your King He will return. But do you expect Jesus to return? Do you expect Jesus to return? Or do you think, that's going to happen in another couple of hundred years time, another person's lifetime. Not something I need to be concerned about. Yeah, remember, he will come suddenly like a thief in the night. We don't know when, but it is an, an expected day. The Lord Jesus Christ will return. So we've seen it's a sudden day, an expected day. Thirdly, from verses 6 to 8, Paul goes on to say it's a significant day. This is the third lesson about the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a significant day. Verse 6. So then, in light of this day, in light of the certainty of the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, clear thinking, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. You may think as you come to this passage in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians that, well, it's kind of like one of the last things Paul mentions. It can't be that significant to Paul. It's kind of like a OPS, the Lord Jesus Christ will return. It's kind of one of the last things before the final instructions and his goodbyes. You think, clearly, if it was significant to Paul, then wouldn't he have mentioned it before? But it is significant. And Paul has mentioned it before. In fact, 
the whole of this letter of 1 Thessalonians is saturated with references to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just pull out just a couple. Chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. Chapter 2, verse 19. For what is our hope or joy or crown or boasting before our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? Is it not you? Chapter 2, chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. Our passage, chapter 5, 1 to 11, but then also very near the end in chapter, in verse 23 of chapter 5. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. You see, it's such a significant day. That yes, in our section here, chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, Paul is concentrating on it. And there are many other references that I didn't read. But Paul has been referring to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, or the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, all the way throughout his letter. It's the major theme of this letter. Why? Because it is such a significant day. In God's story... And and the history of salvation that we see throughout the Bible, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is the last day on God's calendar. It's the last thing. We've had the the promise in in, in Genesis chapter 3 of someone who will come and crush the head of the serpent. We've seen in Genesis chapter 12 a promise of the one who through him all the nations will be blessed. We've seen the promise of the one who will be the offspring of David and will be a greater king whose kingdom shall have no end. We've seen a promise of a suffering servant who will bear our iniquities and for our transgressions be killed. You've seen the promise of a greater exodus, greater than the exodus of God's people from slavery in Egypt. We've seen all these promises fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. The virgin shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father. Seen the promise and the whole story of the Bible converge in the sea of the Lord Jesus Christ. All upon him, all yes and amen in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came. He lived. He died as was promised. He rose again as was promised. He ascended. And the last thing is that he will return. If God has kept all of his previous promises, then he will not forget this one. It's such a significant day. And therefore it should impact how we live our lives today as we await for this day. You think of how people prepare for Christmas. It's only March. 
And yet still people prepare for Christmas months in advance, don't they? Buying wrapping paper, buying presents, cooking the Christmas pudding. We don't get up on Christmas Eve and think, "Uh, should we do anything for Christmas Day tomorrow? No, people have been thinking about it for a long time. Getting things ready, organising it, making plans. Why? Because Christmas Day isn't just like any ordinary day, is it? It's a significant day. And what about the coronation of King Charles III on May the 6th? Do you think people are start planning that on May the 5th? May the 5th, they have a council meeting in Buckingham Palace. Okay, lads, we've got a big coronation tomorrow. What do we do? No, they've been planning it probably before Charles became king. Why? Because of its significance. And so, with the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, isn't that more significant than Christmas Day? Isn't that more significant than the coronation of King Charles III? How then should we prepare for that day? How can we be ready well, Paul goes on to say, doesn't he? So then let us not sleep as others do. Let us not be dozy or confused in our thinking. Let us not be of the darkness when, remember, we are of the light. We know that Jesus is coming. He says in verse 7, For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober. Or let us be clear in our thinking. Let us know what's going on. The Lord Jesus Christ could return today. And so that affects how we think. And how we, how we think about it affects how we live. Let us live in light of that day. The Lord Jesus Christ will return. We are children of light, not of darkness anymore, not of wrath. That's who we once were, alienated, separated from God. But now we've been brought near as children of God, children of the light. And so let us not live as if we're still in the darkness and completely unaware of these things. But let us live in a way that pleases God. Let us live in a manner worthy of the gospel. Let us be watchful. Let us be armed, he says, with the breastplate and helmet. Talking about a soldier, a soldier who's... For example, watching, keeping guard on a a city wall. He's alert, he's focused, he's looking out in case any armies try to invade and get in. But he's also looking into the city. Are there any fires or are there any thieves around? He's constantly on watch, that's his duty. So because we belong to the kingdom, because we belong to the day, let us practice daytime behaviour. Moral alertness, clear thinking, faith, hope and love in preparation for that significant day. Let us live in a manner that is pleasing to God. See, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is a significant day. It should fill us with joy and anticipation. The thought, the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, could return tomorrow. And so we must be ready, not sat around, not wasting time, remembering that his return is imminent. He will come suddenly, and yet we know he's going to return. We expect it to happen. 
as a, a family who are hosting a, an elderly relative as they get things ready because they love their granny or their auntie Joan. They love her and they want to get things ready for her, get the bed ready, get her, her favourite marmalade in the fridge, make sure her, her favourite honey-soaked bread or whatever it is is in the bread bin, ready all her favourite things because they love her. They want to be prepared for her arrival. How much more do we love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do we want to be ready like those servants in Jesus' parable, ready for the master to return. We do not know the hour, but let us be ready, because it is such a significant day. Do you see that it's a sudden day, an expected day, a significant day? And finally, from verses 9 to 11, it will be a salvation day. A salvation day. In Lucas's sermon this morning, he mentioned the, the Dunkirk um, beach landings, the mission in World War II. It happened on the 6th of June, 1944. And without Lucas and I even talking to each other, we are using the same battle scene. But to illustrate two different points... See, we've been working together for such a long time now that our our minds are now parallel. Lucas was talking about the, the kind of different stages of rescue. But I want to focus on something else. Because the day of the Lord, as we read from Zephaniah, for some will be a day of fear. Will be a day of destruction, of judgment. And... Paul writing to the Thessalonians, some of them are confused about that. Well, what will it be like for us as Christians? So we go to the D-Day landings on the 6th of June 1944, and for some it was a day of deliverance, a day of salvation. But for others, it was a day of doom and destruction. For the French, for those allied troops who were stuck in France, it was a day of salvation, of rescue. But for the Germans and for their allies, and then the end of the war, it was a day of destruction. So for Christians, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ is a salvation day. That's what Paul is saying In verse 9 to 11, for God has not destined us for wrath. God has not destined us for judgment, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ who died for us. So that whether we are awake or asleep, that means dead or alive, when the Lord Jesus Christ will return, we will live with him. Therefore, encourage one another. For Christians, for those who are united to Christ, as Lucas told us this morning, those who are united and belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, who are of the day, children of light, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, it will be a salvation day. And our hope, comfort and joy in anticipation of this day is not based on how prepared we are but on what God has done and guaranteed for us. You see that in verse 9, For God has not destined us for wrath, 
for God. It's not, I've chosen to belong to that side and not that side, and therefore I've secured my place over there. It's because God has not destined us for wrath. God has chosen us in Christ before the world began. God sent Jesus to accomplish our salvation, dying and rising for us. Therefore, whether we are alive or dead, when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, if we belong to Christ, if we confess with our mouth and in our hearts that he is our Lord and our Saviour, his coming will be a salvation day. We'll be saved from fear of death. We'll be saved from temptation. We'll be saved from pain and illness and sin. We'll be saved from those phone calls from the doctor saying, we've got your test results, it's not good news. We'll be saved from ever having to go to a funeral again. We'll be saved from ever having to go to a hospital again. From ever having to sit at anyone's deathbed again. We'll be saved from every goodbye It will be goodbye to goodbyes. Because we will be saved and brought to be with Christ in a life perfect. Every tear will be wiped away. And our confidence for these things lies in what God has done and what he has destined us for. The day of the Lord will be a salvation day. You see what a glorious and wonderful day it will be when the Lord Jesus Christ returns far greater than when England win the next World Cup. Far greater than that coronation of King Charles III. And this is a day in which no one will miss out. You may have already received your invitation to King Charles's coronation. Mine's obviously been lost in the post. But when the Lord Jesus Christ returns, all those who are his will be there. Not one will be left behind or lost. You may not feel very significant today. But to the Lord Jesus Christ, your name is engraven on his hands. And as a mother cannot forget her nursing child, so the Lord Jesus Christ will not forget one of his sheep. And this is something we should encourage one another, to build one another up. The day of the Lord should not cause any panic or fear. Yes, of course, it will be an awesome event. It will be sudden, and yet we expect it to happen. It will be significant because it will be our salvation day. The king will return and he will make all things new. Are you ready? Are you living consistently in readiness as children of that day, of the light? For surely Christ is coming soon. Isn't that how the Bible ends? Come, Lord Jesus, come. Can you say that? Let's pray together.
Our Lord and our God, we thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus Christ, the captain of our salvation. The one who will not hesitate to return any moment longer than he needs to. Until all of his beloved, all of those who are his, chosen in him before the world began, are gathered to him. O Lord, we pray, come Lord Jesus, come and bring that glorious salvation day. Help us, Lord, to live in the light of that. In Jesus' name, amen.